Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 185. Letting Go, Dealing with the Death of a Loved One, part two, by Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalist.com. And I'm Justin Mollick. And today's a continuation of yesterday, a little tribute to my cat that was killed last weekend. That's why I was down last week and doing a whole week of clips from The Minimalist book, Essential. I had previously recorded the whole book, and The Minimalists were kind enough to let me use any of it on the podcast, so I've been playing that to you instead of narrating, because it was a little too difficult for me after my cat died. But I felt up to it yesterday and wanted to make it a little more meaningful for me, so I thought this post on dealing with the death of a loved one would be not only helpful for you, but also kind of cathartic for me. So thank you for bearing with me for the last eight days. I really appreciate it. And I know I thanked you in previous episodes that week, but I just want to say it again. I know it's not the easiest thing to listen to, and we often look to podcasts for positivity and good vibes or whatever you want to call it. So for you to stick through when I'm having a rough week really means a lot to me. I didn't know how you'd take it, but I'm so happy with the way it worked out and appreciate you being there for me. But enough of the sappy stuff. Well, that's not totally true because I'm going to continue this post on the death of a loved one, but you get what I'm saying. So let's continue yesterday's post and start optimizing your life. Letting Go, Dealing with the Death of a Loved One, Part 2, by Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalist.com. Suddenly, it occurs to me for the first time, I have to figure out what to do with all this stuff. I sit on the couch and look around, stand up again, look around, take it all in again, and then close my eyes, breathe in through my nostrils. It smells like potpourri, fennel, and rosemary. I walk over to her stereo, a hand-me-down from my teenage days. I have only one CD here, Stray Age by Kentucky-born singer-songwriter Daniel Martin Moore. I place it in the stereo and play the fifth track, Who Knows Where the Time Goes. I've listened to this album every time I've visited Mom, seven trips, seven different weeks this year. Moore croons optimistically over a soft piano and acoustic guitar instrumental. Ah, but you know, it's time for her to go. It's dark through Mom's window. The lights of downtown St. Pete lead to the bay, a sliver of which I can see from the living room. The water reflects the night sky, leaving everything bathed in a thousand hues of dark blue that stretch beyond the horizon. I sink into the ash-colored couch, exhausted and unsure of what to do next. I close my eyes. When I finally peel open my eyelids, hours later, I'm blinded by every bright surface. The morning sun angles through the windows, obnoxiously spotlighting my face and the objects in the room, casting shadows indiscriminately on everything that is beautiful and everything that is not. The white walls are screaming in the Florida sun. Everything appears bleached. I need a coffee and several ibuprofen. 
According to the woman on the phone, they don't have a big enough U-Haul in stock. She says I'll have to wait until tomorrow, which is fine. I have plenty of packing to do today, starting with the brimming bedroom closet. Why does she have so many winter coats? Doesn't she live in Florida? I mean, didn't? Didn't she live in Florida? I feel a pang of sadness. Surely she didn't wear any of these high heels. And pantsuits? Really, Mom? Pantsuits? When was the last time you wore a pantsuit? And it's mind-boggling to see all those blouses with price tags still attached. Here are two bathrobes, unworn. Sale tags still dangling like a friendly reminder of wasted money. Although I guess I can't point the finger, can I? I too own a lot of clothes I don't wear, a lot of shit I don't use. What am I going to do with all this stuff? I mean, I don't want to commingle mom's stuff with my stuff, so that's out of the question. My wife and I already have our house thronged with our own personal effects, our living room furniture in the living room, our bedroom furniture in the bedrooms, our entertainment room furniture, and our, well, you get the picture. I don't even have room in our vast basement, not with all the bins and boxes and assorted plastic storage containers from the container store. Another phone conversation reveals that a storage locker in Ohio, one big enough to store most of mom's possessions, is only 120 bucks a month. I'm not great at math, but my back-of-the-napkin arithmetic unveils an annual fee that approaches $1,500. Not exactly a bargain, but I guess you've got to do what you've got to do, right? The contents under mom's high-rise Queen Anne bed look like they were pulled from a bad mystery novel. There are several wicker baskets, or picnic baskets? filled with stained, off-white table linens. She didn't even own a dining room table. Nearby, a boxed wedding dress takes up several cubic feet. Is it her dress? I hope not. My parents divorced in 1984, a thousand miles from here. And what are these? Three boxes oddly labeled, three, four, and one. They look like cases of old printer paper, kind of heavy. The cardboard is sealed with layers of brown tape. Here's a fourth box, numbered with a large numeral two. Aha! Rearranging the boxes uncloaks the climax of this Dan Brown-esque mystery. One, two, three, four. But what is inside these boxes? The first box reveals the same contents as the second, which contains the same as the last two boxes. Old elementary school paperwork. My elementary school paperwork. Four years of it. Grades, you guessed it, one through four. Each box littered with English, math, science, and more English writings. As it turns out, I wasn't that great in English, although my prepubescent handwriting is somehow better than my present-day hieroglyphics. Case closed. But here's the real mystery. Why? Why was mom hanging on to decades-old schoolwork? She obviously wasn't getting any value from it. After all, the boxes were sealed, unaccessed for 20 years, just sitting there, tree bark in a box. If she were here, she'd probably tell me she was holding on to a piece of me in the boxes. But how? I was never in these boxes. I didn't even know they existed until this moment. And yet she thought she could keep a piece of me, memories of me, by keeping these things. This thought infuriates me. Our memories are not in our things. Our memories are in us. But wait a minute. Aren't I doing the same thing with her stuff? Except instead of little boxes under my bed, I'm going to squirrel away all her bits and pieces in a gigantic box with a padlock. And just like her, I will, in all likelihood, leave it there, sealed for a score in an edge-of-town storage locker, the final resting place for her belongings. Faced with this realization, I pick up my phone and dial. Thank you for calling U-Haul, your moving and storage resource. My name is Randy. How may I help you? I need to cancel a truck. I was wearing a jacket when I left Ohio two weeks ago, but there's no need for one in Florida. It's still middle of summer hot here, scorching for mid-October. 98 degrees, 95% relative humidity, 
Air so thick that my hair parts in strange ways and frizzes like it's mad at me. I'm sweating just thinking about going outside. I've spent the last 12 days divesting myself of mom's property, her furniture, her clothes, even her supply of doilies, all of it sold and donated to help the charities that assisted her through nine months of chemo and radiation. Into the heat of this morning comes peace, an ineffable weight lifted. I call a shuttle to drive me to the airport where Ryan will be waiting for me on the other side of my flight. I'm headed home with a few boxes of photographs and many years of memories inside me. Before I exit the apartment, I turn around and take one last look at the empty space, staring into the vastness of everything that's gone. The stereo is no longer there, but Daniel Martin Moore still plays in my head. Ah, but you know, it's time for him to go. Perhaps this is my stray age. Someone once told me that our bodies as cells regenerate every seven years, making us completely new people at seven-year intervals. I'm 28 now. Maybe this is my fourth regeneration, my chance at a new start, an opportunity to be kinder to what I've been given, for that's all there is, and the meter is running. You just listened to part two of the post titled Letting Go, Dealing with the Death of a Loved One by Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalist.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's my way of getting back to normal for you, bringing back my usual authors and narrating live for you this coming week. I've had a full week to recover, and one more time, I really appreciate you being there for me and listening through all of this as I bring up my cat a bunch of times in the last eight episodes. I'm not sure yet who I'll read you tomorrow, but it will be nice to be back to the regularly scheduled program. If you want to do something really nice to help this show, simply sharing it with someone or showing them how to subscribe to this podcast on their phone would be a huge help. Spreading the word that these blogs can be read to you is one of the best things you can do for this podcast right now. So please, if there's anyone you can think of who would benefit from hearing these blogs or knows about these blogs but doesn't know about this podcast, please show them how to subscribe and I'll really appreciate it. That's it for Minimalist Monday and my sidestep or detour from the normal show. Have a great start to your week and I'll catch you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.